Welcome to Good Darts. It is the podcast all about darts. The quality cannot be guaranteed. It's brought to you by our friends at Low Six. This week on the show, we talk to a, a beefy darts player, another one who's on the verge of making a breakthrough. It's Dirk van Dijvenbode, he of the mental walk-on. We've got our picks from the World Series final last weekend when we finally saw the crowd come back uh, and be in a live venue for PDC Darts. And we look ahead to the return of the magnificent European tour. Plus, there is an enormous topic that will generate many, many headlines. I'm not entirely sure it's that big a deal. I'll mention that later because at the time of recording, I don't even think Mr. Wayne Mardle, who joins me now, even knows what I'm talking about. Do you, Wayne? I've got no idea what's happening. No idea. What have I missed? Shall I tell you? Well, you have to now. (laughs) You know what the thing is? I don't. I don't know. I don't. It's not been announced yet. So, you know what? I'm going to make you wait. I'm going to make you wait. I'm going to tell you at the end of the podcast. Yeah, yeah, I am. Um, However, this is Wayne Mardle, the great participator, five-time World Championship semi-finalist, and a man who this week uh, seemed intent on live-tweeting his own imminent divorce. Angry unicorn, Wayne. How did that go? Do you know what? I was so disappointed that the, the quality of telephonic device... Uh, didn't back up the actual quality of the angry unicorn Mrs. M. Right, just to explain, the angry unicorn, this is something you'd been building up to over, what, three days? Was it about yeah, on Twitter? Yeah. I presume Donna doesn't look at Twitter. She's not on Twitter. No. She's not interested. She doesn't care. No. I mean, she has to put it with you rabbiting on at home. I can't imagine she wants to find another way of listening to you uh, yeah. and going on Twitter yeah. for that. But you've you've basically telegraphed this. You 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 yes. made this a big thing and described the angry you. unicorn. Right, the angry unicorn is. I, I saw this this thing on on Twitter where a guy was sitting there and he was he was licking on on an ice cream with like a a cone a cornet. Yeah. And he was licking on it and he was saying, "Have you ever?" And his wife or, or girlfriend was was lay, lounging around on the settee right within arm's reach of him. And he's licking it. And he just said, have you ever seen an angry unicorn? So she said no. And with that, he plonks the, the, the cone on on her head. And it made her look like a unicorn. Well, she called him everything from like a pig to a dog, which is <laughs> quite quite funny. So I thought I'd replicate this. Yeah, I thought you I'd saw this and thought, in, what I need in Mrs. my life M. is that level of matrimonial discord immediately. It, it was brilliant but the first time i tried it i got the the cornetto out of the freezer and realized that there wasn't enough uh dairy confection if you will <laughs> on top of the, the cone there just wasn't enough it is, wasn't is a lot been going substandard ice cream is this the issue? yes right, y- yes okay. yes yes anyway and it was rock hard and i'm thinking right i'll let it go soft anyway it just kind of can i put it 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 didn't even melt. It just stayed solid and there wasn't a lot. And believe it or not, I tried it. <laughs> I shouldn't share this with you, but I'm right. going to. I thought, this is not going to work. So I thought, I'll try it on my own forehead first. <laughs> you angry unicorned yourself. <laughs> I can't believe I'm sharing this. How <laughs> thick am I? Right, anyway, so I tried it and I was right. I was right. It didn't right. work. It, it didn't <laughs> splatter. It didn't do anything. It was like a... Oh, yeah. oh, right. That, that's so it. frozen. And, it was like hitting yourself in the head with a plank or an iron, a yes. crowbar. Yes, yeah, and it felt like it as well. It felt like it. So what I did, I, I went to the local Nisa. <laughs> no, right. no plug. No, no pun intended. Uh, 
to, to buy some some proper proper cornettos if you like anyway mm. these were great these were great but when i actually angry unicorned her, i come in with the ready to the ready to go uh dairy confection and she turned the lights off in the lounge room yeah she turned the lights off so i turned them on she went oh it's a bit bright turn them off no i want them on what is that you never want them on uh you know when you're thinking this is just not going to work and i'm disappointed to say that the the actual recording was poor the recording was poor but me and mrs m we had a brilliant five minutes of laughter and do you know what she's not actually here at the moment she's at a friend's house i'm not sure she's coming home (laughs) (laughs) i'm not sure i'm really not sure but the actual splat on the forehead dan the noise it made was it satisfying it was it was Lauren Hardy esque. It, it was just magnificent. Absolutely it was magnificent. superb. Um, what yeah, was it. also magnificent was seeing crowds back in a darts venue. Now, obviously, I was in Austria seeing the fans there and you know working. I say working. I wasn't yeah. doing a great deal of work. I did about thirty seconds of work every two hours. But I was there interviewing the players, and it makes a massive, massive difference when you're there. Yeah. But what was it like watching at home? Because it was it was it different? Did it make a, a noticeable difference? It yes, it did. Yes, it did. Uh, it was it was kind of like it wasn't twenty twenty. It was like it was a better mm. year. Yeah, uh, whatever Happier year, times. whatever year, just 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 better year. Yeah, uh, I, I thought the the PDC did brilliantly well. I thought ITV did a great job as well, and it was it was good to see. What I thought was slightly ironic was that. Ghetto in Price was getting whistled again and he didn't like it. But also, also uh, the, the positives was that you could see that the players, some players were really enjoying the normality of it all. And it was, it was, it was kind of like being back to normal. I don't know if that's how it felt when you were there. Did it feel that? A, a, a bit, yeah. I mean, the, the thing that stuck in my head from the whole thing that made it a big difference, aside from Gerwin and his ongoing battles with he wants a crowd there but not this crowd or, or indeed yeah. any crowd but yeah. there was one game it was uh, Daryl Gurney and Peter Wright and they hit five I think it's five consecutive tons at the start of the game and the crowd are going way every time somebody hit a ton because it was just the ref calling yeah. 100 100 and then when Gurney <laughs> hit a ton 40 he turned around and played it there were you could see they were smiling they nearly burst into yeah. laughter on stage and you've missed those yeah. moments those that unpredictable factor in games and we've seen it at the World Championship so many times when crowds have played a part in turning a game if there are no crowds there that's not going to happen is it and there's some of the more dramatic moments in this sport it doesn't necessarily mean people will go on about being fair or whatever but look you've used the crowd to your advantage I know Mark Webster's tried to do it in the past against Daryl Gurney in fact it was incredible that game of the World Championship Gurney still won it but he very nearly lost it but that that factor, that unpredictability, that interaction, that human element—that's yeah. something that really elevates the game, doesn't it? Yeah, I agree, it, and it is interaction. You, you, you can't, I'm not going to say you just give it the big one for the crowd, but you want them to react to something great that you've done. Mm. Uh, this is why you, you see uh, strikers when when they score a great goal, they're running around like headless chickens, or they run to the crowd. They, Look, if there was no crowd there, it would be, well, it was all right, that. It was fine. They'd stand there like Eric Cantona all the time, wouldn't you? Just just looking around as if to say, kind of, yeah, I'm good, aren't I? But I, I, 
me personally, as you know, the way I kind of used to play the game and the way I feel about the fans is that I, I was. It was good to see them. It was good to hear that that noise that wasn't fake. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and there's none. Of, I mean, admittedly, we do now miss the the bits where the bloke gets it wrong on the sound, but and it sort of hits the bullseye. And goes, yeah, but he didn't want the bullseye. He only wanted a twenty-five. That's right, Fifteen remaining. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love. See, I love that. Things going wrong and things being funny. That's yeah. all. That's better than being right. Speaking of being yeah. right, do you want to know how we did in our picks for the first round of the World Series finals? Yeah, go was, on then. Yeah. It's tight. This is tight. Okay, so oh, I'm going to take oh, these games oh. in order. Uh, we had Big H, Harry Ward, last week's guest on the podcast against Darius Lavanowskis. Uh, I went Big H just because I like the romantic notion of him signing off with a great run. Yeah. You went with the much more sensible Darius Lavanowskis. And yeah. being sensible for once, Wayne, has paid off for you. 1-0, Wayne Mardle. See? Model. See? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, he's not I'm Mr. In... Sensible. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's what people say. <laughs> they always say that. Among <laughs> other things. Uh, Ian White versus Damon Hetter. Now, you went sensible again, Ian White. He's, you know, top 16 in the world. He's going to win that. I sort of fancied Hetter. And it wasn't very yeah. good, to be honest, that game. Hetter nicked yeah. it 1-1. Okay. We're left White doesn't there. look good, though, does he? No, he doesn't. White doesn't I'm look good to me. A little bit concerned, but yeah. I know it's rusty. But then we've played quite a bit of darts now. It should be about yeah. now. He's back in the swing yeah. of things. I agree, I'm Mike. Not really sure what the issue is. Um, so I'm not. I'm not feeling as confident every time Ian White gets up on the stage anymore. You just expect yeah. him to be 97 average, and it, it doesn't happen. It's it's not happening, um, Mike. I'm not particularly a little bit concerned about Dave Chisnell as well because you backed him to beat right, Cody Harris. So. Yeah, and yeah. what you said last week, didn't you? You said, oh, you've seen Chizzy, and it makes you want to back Cody Harris. And that's exactly what I did, and I was right <laughs> by hook or by crook. So come yeah. from behind and go 2-1 up. Are you concerned about Chiz? Yes. I I, I thought, for, uh, look, you know me, I do go on about actions and rhythms mm. and, and everything way, t way too often. I, I know that. I know it gets boring, but... Do you know what? It's the absolute fundamentals that you've got to get right to be a good darts player. And he lacked rhythm. His pace was all over the place. His accuracy as as a byproduct of all that was was poor and mm. didn't look comfortable. Yeah, he's got to put something right. Yeah, I'm not sure what that thing is because Dave Chisnell, when he's, you know, when he's made all those major finals and won all of those titles, and we're talking loads, we're talking like 15 PDC titles, it's not as if yeah. he was throwing like Steve Beaton in those. He just throws like Dave Chisnell, but he's just so good yeah. that he wins. Yeah. I'm not sure yeah. what to fix. Um, yeah. Vincent van der Voort against Joe Cullen. We both said Joe wow. Cullen played absolutely incredibly. I do like Vincent's form at the minute, but I just can't see Vincent overcoming him. And we were both... Wrong. Overwhelmingly wrong. wrong. Yeah, wrong to some tune. Yeah, quite, quite. Uh, Vincent Van der Boort, spectacular. Battered Joe Cullen off the board. Yeah. Jeff Smith. Well, we were both nearly wrong here as well because he probably should have lost to Fallon Sherrick, but yeah. somehow he turned it around. And I have to say, of all the times for the fans to come back, uh, Jeff Smith would have been wishing it had just been delayed by a week because playing... Fallon Sherrick playing any of the female players on stage you know that the crowd are going to be supporting them but somehow yeah. he managed to turn it around very it took it took guts from Jeff Smith that's all that's what it wasn't good it was gutsy uh, but we both got yeah, it right I, we, we got it right I'll tell you what was impressive there was the fact that he was playing pretty poorly let's be honest and mm. he got better he got better under more pressure than he was uh, under more pressure than he was at the start so to yeah. do it when you're under the cosh yeah yeah credit to him 
Yeah, could have wilted, didn't. He's another one who's wandering around Hildesheim, actually. He came pretty much straight here. Peter Wright as well. So it's just just me, Peter Wright, and right. uh, Jeff Smith wandering around Hildesheim with nothing to do. And, of course, doing right. nothing with each other because we despise each other. Uh, Mensor Sulevic and Christoph Ratajski. I'll take you back a week where you said you have seen the best of Mensor Sulevic. And then he goes yeah. out, and what a game this was. They're both averaging way, way over 100. Absolutely incredible. Is it changed your opinion of Mensor at all? No, no. Oh, right. I, I'll oh. tell you why, Dan. I'll tell you why. Because he lost. I'm not saying, Dan, I could not ever see him winning that game. Really? I, I don't know. I don't know what it was. I, I, and you'll recall, I texted you, didn't I? I mm. texted you. You said, yeah, yeah, Mensur's finished. I said he won't win. Yeah, and you you did. You did. I mean, I th- I was getting I on don't, my, I don't my see high winning. horse there. When Mensah was averaging about 109, I was like, oh, hello, Wayne. I'll just remind you of your words a few days ago. And then you just went, he won't win. Yeah. And he didn't. But I don't know. I think there's And he got worse. Time. He got worse in the game. Yeah, but Ratajski was incredible. Look, he's Mensah incredible. probably would have beaten anybody else that night apart from Ratajski. Or do you not think that's the case? Do you think he'd have found well, a way to lose? I'm go- oh, Right, exactly that. I'm going to say this to you. Mencia would beat anyone on any night apart from his opponent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's, look, that's what happens with him at the moment, I'm afraid. I mean, harsh words, but what it did do, that pulled the scores level at three apiece, Wayne, with two games to play. And we both picked Duzza to beat Dimitri, and that exactly that happened. So for yeah. all, going into the final game. Do you remember the final that's game? That's quite exciting, isn't it? It is quite exciting. Isn't uh, it? Yeah. Uh, the, the final, final game, game. Two veterans. Both European oh. <laughs> European <laughs> yeah, Championship yeah. Beaten and the winner and yeah. a finalist. Yeah, Whitlock yeah. versus Beaton. Yeah. You went for the Wizards. <laughs> I, I went did. for the sexiest man in world darts. <laughs> and Team Sexy won it, Wayne. 5-4. Thank you very much, Steve Beaton. Rarely has that man given me as much pleasure. So late at night. Uh, but 5-4, unlucky, Wayne. Uh, yeah. Don't know how you did in your picks on the Low 6 and PDC picks apps. Uh, but remember, there will be more options this weekend because the Euro Tour returns. We're going to uh, go through uh, a little bit of the Euro Tour, but the, the draw hasn't been made yet, so we can't make our actual picks. We don't know what the games are, but go and check out yeah. those apps. Small stakes, uh, winning cash prizes, uh, betting against other punters. We're going to cut to our interview now because it's a good time for beefy dart players. We talked a lot on this podcast about Devin Peterson, who is perhaps the beefiest of them all. But not far behind him is big Dirk van Dijvenbode, the Titan. He has had a breakthrough this year. Start of the year, couple of semi-finals, his first in PDC Senior Darts. He is throwing better than ever. He doesn't quite agree with that statement, but I believe he is anyway, and we could be seeing him all sorts of big TV events this year. Big Ting's Guan for Big Dirk. These are the questions that you should be asking. Well, a good dust podcast. Welcome to the Titan Dirk van Dijvenbode. Dirk, the first thing I was going to ask you was, have you been working at the aubergine farm today? But it turns out you're actually talking to me live and direct from an aubergine farm in the Netherlands. That's right, isn't it? Yes, I am still working at the moment. Right. So are you going to get in trouble for talking to us here? Because I don't really want to get you sacked. Nah, (laughs) they're fine. And I'm working as well. So I'm typing and uh, working on my phone as well. Okay, well, look, I, I am interested in this because you're a guy who's been playing darts for a number of years, but you still sort of you feel like you're on the verge of a breakthrough. But you're still working. How is it trying to balance the day job 
and being a darts player, which obviously involves a lot of traveling. Years ago, I spoke with my uh, boss about it, as I always worked here as a, when I was in school. Mm. And he said he wanted someone at the office. And I said, well, if I want to go for darts, I need uh, well, a job where I can travel. And so we came together like, uh, well, you can work here in the office. And back in the days, I, I also did productive work, like really fun. <laughs> like uh, harvesting the aubergines and stuff like Literally that. Literally out in the fields, picking the aubergines. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's that's, that sounds like a tough day. Yeah, it is tough and hot. <laughs> yeah. It's like if it's hot, it's always warm. But if it's like 28 degrees outside, it's about 32 degrees inside. So, yeah, imagine that. <laughs> well, um, I assume that your goal is to be able at some point to say, thank you very much, but... I don't want to come into the aubergine farm anymore because I'm one of the world's top dart players and I'm going all over the world. Well, that's a wrong thought of you. <laughs> <laughs> I've always want to work. I, yeah, um, I don't know. If I see some players around me and I think they forgot where they came from. So I always said I want to keep on working as long as it's possible. And, well, a goal of mine is to work a little bit less than I do now. But I would still... Uh, want to work to keep in touch with reality mm. if you see people who make very much money and they moan about the traveling and then I think and I see people work here it's like yeah this real life don't moan about traveling of course it's hard but the things <laughs> where you earn a lot less with who are harder than the jobs you're doing yeah I think that's I think that's a decent reminder for, for some people. I'm speaking to you from uh, Hildesheim because we're here for the European tour this coming weekend. And yeah, it can be a bit draining traveling all over the place sometimes, but then you have to stop and check yourself and make yourself realize, look, there are plenty of people out there who would lose an arm to have the chance to do this kind of stuff. When did you start playing darts, Dirk? When did darts become a big thing for you? Uh, somewhere around when I was 15 years old, 14 to 15 years. It was a month before uh, Jelle Klassen won the World Championship. What got you into Back it? Back days. A friend of mine used to play darts in a local club, and he was pretty good at it. And I just know, knew him for a few years. And I always was asking, can I come with you? And he never wanted to take me with because I, I never played before. So I had to moan for probably two or three months, and eventually he said, uh, yeah, okay, go along then for one time, you know. <laughs> and did you find you were pretty good at it straight away, or was this? did it take a lot of work? I was better in everything we did, and he was better <laughs> in that thing. So that uh, it, yeah, it, it irritated me. So I started practicing for four hours a day until I was better, until I finally defeated him. Didn't make me a better player straight away, but... I got my goal after six months of practicing. Six months. So just to, you only started darts really just to try and beat your mate because it was the one thing you couldn't beat him at. No, no, I, I liked it. I liked the game, but I couldn't stand not beating him. So that made me probably got my basic darts uh, going because I practiced so many in the beginning. And of course, you needed a little bit talent and I threw treble straight away like not every throw but more often than other people who played already for a few years so you could see well I could see that 
well, I'm not bad in it. it. Took me about maybe a year, year and a half, uh, in a club of about 50 to 60 people to be in the like top two, three players of that while I was 15 or 16 years old. So yeah, it went very quickly. It's one thing playing darts locally and playing down a local club, but when did you start thinking, oh, I could, I could really invest some time and effort in this, travel, go to places like the UK, go and compete, see how good I really am? I don't know. I think it, it started a bit when I qualified for the World Youth Championship, like the first one ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I was already traveling the, the like national tournaments and uh, the tournaments internationally who were very easy to get by by car, like German Open, Belgian Open, stuff like that. It would only travel for two hours by car, so that wasn't really... They didn't, feel really, they didn't really feel like an international thing. But mm-hmm. after the qualification for the World Youth Championship, I was my first time I went to England for a tournament. And then when the PDC introduced the youth tour, that's when I really started to do the traveling stuff. That's, that's a big commitment. But to do that, I mean, on the youth tour, yes, you had some success, you had some runs, you made some finals. You never won a title on the youth tour. You went onto the senior tour and you had to, you dropped off it and won your tour call back, dropped off it when your tour call back. How hard has it been to keep believing and keep thinking, oh, this is, I keep working at this, then I'm, get to, I'm going to get to that dream of being one of the top players? Because it's not been an easy few years, has it? No, it hasn't been easy. I struggled a bit with motivation after the the well the world championship disaster. That's how I call it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm um, going to ask you about that in a bit, but let, we'll come back to that. Yeah, but there was a, a, a big thing in the last years. Like I struggled with it longer than I really um, noticed. Because mm. um, once I did well, I think a year after that, or a year after that one, so two years after the the world championship thing uh, i was virtually in four tv events and i just got scared how do you mean yeah like what if it happens again and stuff like that and well at, at some point somehow it changed my motivation and i was a bit scared i wanted and and that year i ended up with uh, no uh, TV events at all. I think it was three events. I think I was in a European tour, played championship finals, world championships, and I ended up with nothing. Mm. So, yeah, I don't know. And after that, I was. It felt like uh, I was more busy with losing than with winning. You're going to tournaments as long as I don't lose the first round instead of I want to make a final. Well, let's talk about that World Championship because you've done all that hard work to qualify for the World Championship. You get there and you get drawn against Raymond van Barneveld, who's who was pretty much your hero in the game, wasn't he? He was certainly somebody you looked up to. Yeah, he was. And I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have played darts if he wasn't there ever. So, mm. Yeah, so that's a dream. And I wasn't scared of him. And I, I knew he was a very good player who almost never lose, lost in the first round but um, yeah I was looking forward to it and then I started practicing a very lot <laughs> I always mm-hmm. practice for like one half hour a day maximum and I started practicing like crazy and I got a bit injured of it so at the end of the last week I couldn't even practice 
you're close. You're right there with him in that opening set, and then you incredibly managed to throw accidentally a 180 and bust your score when you wanted 140. And then you you could just see you you just lost it. Then there was no way no coming back from that. What was that feeling like when you're up on stage and that happened? Well, I won't mention all the words and thoughts I had back then, but uh, yeah, you just wanted to be over. <laughs> the last set I couldn't even care. Well, at some point you think yeah, let's go, and but, but your body doesn't want anymore. Your mind, I'm not sure. I re- I never give up in a match, even if I'm five nil down. But yeah, and that game <laughs> I couldn't even get it together to to manage and try to win mm. well you reckon that damaged you for, for two years you reckon well maybe longer because at some point you're like in a negative circle mm. so maybe it took only one or two years but after that it's a negative circle um, and I try I, I've been to sports psychologists and I think I, I did it last year mm. and then I got the way up like he said why are you thinking about first round you're there to win the tournament and I changed the way of thinking and at some point I already decided well I was considering quitting from the arts like uh, not last year the year before in the end and I was like yeah well, I'll give it another go if I don't make the world championship in the next three years I'll step away maybe for a few years, maybe forever, I'm not sure. But then I gave myself a goal. You've got to make it and, well, practice more because I don't well, I don't really practice a lot. And now I started practicing every day and, well, it got me playing better and motivated me again. And I think I'm in a very good spot at the moment to make the World Championships. You mentioned that back when you were preparing for the World Championship, you are practicing so much of the thought of playing Barney that you gave yourself a bit of an injury. Now, that has been something you've managed, isn't it? Because you've been spending money on physio or physiotherapy yep. just so you can practice more. And if you practice more, the performances get better. It's pretty simple, isn't it, when you look at it like that? Yeah, yeah, but it costs money. Huh? Mm. So I'm not in the insurance. My insurance doesn't cover the cost of the specialists I need. So it, it was like, uh, okay, you want to be- get better, then I need to practice more, but then I need more therapists and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, let's try it for the first quarter, see if it pays off and just invest more, go every two weeks. And yeah, it paid off. So I kept on doing it and um, yeah, it got me motivated because some, at some point uh, injuries were also frustrating in your mood because when I practice it, I play well and I kept on practicing for two another two weeks and then my arm hurt so bad and I couldn't play well anymore so that at some point you just think I don't practice anymore what do you think the the main difference has been for you is it is it just the physical side of things being able to practice without pain or is it the mental side of things that's been the biggest change in you going from a guy who's dangerous but not qualifying for a lot of tv events and a guy who genuinely looks like he might win titles this year I don't know. I think the mentally, but the physically, physically comes along with it as well. Uh, people say you improved so much this year, and I say, well, did you look at my average last year? Uh, and they and they don't even know that I played a 95 average all year, where I dropped to 94 something in the last weekend. Hmm. So I said, it, it's not that I'm playing a lot better. I do have better games than last year, but 
the mentally thing that I don't give away as much matches as I used to. I don't miss any doubles. But I think it's more the mental thing because I don't feel I feel I do feel a better player, but I don't see my um, gameplay improved by more than twenty percent. I think it's maybe ten percent better or fifteen at me at most. Well, speaking of mental, I've got to mention your walk on. Where did it come from, and will you be doing it at all these big TV debuts if you get to say the Grand Prix and? Uh, the Players' Championship final? Well, I think you're asking that question to the wrong person. <laughs> Is it whether you'll be allowed to do it? I, I don't see anything wrong with you jumping around like a lunatic on stage. I like it. No, uh, it's up to me. I always put that music on my walk on. But uh, to be honest, I wouldn't go mental if there's no crowd. Because in some way, the crowd makes you, uh, gives you a vibe where you like it and you, you may be a little bit crazy for you call it so I'm, I'm not sure if I would do it I, I might do a fist bump or something if uh, mm. if there's no crowd but I wouldn't do uh, the things I've done in the past <laughs> you carry on playing as you are then you're going to make all these big TV tournaments but what's it going to be like stepping out on that stage at Alexandra Palace again after the last time went so wrong and hurt you for you know a couple of years What's it going to be like going up there? Because it's a big chance to put things right for you, isn't it? Yeah, but I, I try not to think too much about it because I could also be scared of it. could affect my game there. I just want to go there to win it and not to put something right. I think that's a big difference with me with the last couple of years. I'm not thinking about these things anymore and I'm just thinking I want to win. I try to forget the mistakes in the past but I also want to learn of it great stuff I'll let you get back to your aubergines cheers mate Dirk van Dijvenbode there Wayne do you enjoy an aubergine I, what, that is the worst question I I've ever asked in any interview ever <laughs> let's scrap that uh, Wayne oh, ignore I aubergines I love an aubergine <laughs> <laughs> I love an aubergine. There you go. That's the sort of insight you get aubergine. on the Good Darts podcast. Uh, brought to you by our friends at Low Six. Um, I'll I tell you what I do love in that interview. I love the idea, and it's a horrible thing to have happen, but I love the idea that one poor visit in a game can ruin your career for months, years, potentially for good. I mean, Dirk said there he was thinking about walking yeah. away from the game, and it all came from busting a score by accidentally hitting a 180 in the World Championship. Well, you say that, right? And look, you're right. It's it's a visit of of just three darts. But how many mm. times have we said this, right? Peter Wright will never come back from missing them darts in the final leg or the, the penultimate leg against Michael Van Gogh to win the Premier League. Because it was a double and the, the final thing. You remember that and you'll say, that'd be hard to get, to get over. But we don't mm. really see it when it's a, just a score. But it changed the game, didn't it? It changed yeah. everything about about him, his life for, for the next couple of years, like he said. And he said about his motivation uh, and because he lost it and then got it back, he over-practiced. And again, a lesson there for absolutely anyone. Over-practicing is not the way forward. Leave yourself wanting more. Mm. I mean, but that's it. There's, there's 
two sides of this with Dirk. One is the physical side and you know yeah. making sure that he's fit and having the physio and stuff like that so that he can practice and he can do it, you know, approach the game properly and professionally. Yeah. The other yeah. is is the mental side of it. Now, context and, and mental state, the, these things matter, don't they, Wayne? I, mean, I know there's a lot of guff yeah. that is spoken about yeah. winners' attitudes and mentality and stuff, of but course, surely... Yeah. In the, in the week-to-week grind of playing a professional sport, when not everybody is world number one, world number two, world champion, you have to find a way of staying positive just to be able to go and perform anywhere near your best on a regular basis, don't you? Yeah, yeah, of course. And and again, Dirk said it, didn't he? He said he was so busy with losing. Mm. Uh, so basically, he's, he's, every game he's going into, he's thinking, I'm going to lose, and he's trying not to lose. And the whole point of being a professional sportsman he's trying to do anything he can to win and that's that's massively different and he's being defensive and and it's Danny I've been there I've been there I've I've, I've had the highs and the lows and before I stopped playing on on the, the PDC circuit I, I was in the same position as, as getting going to a venue then oh sorry going to the hotel the night before you're checking in and you're unpacking and you're thinking well, do I need to unpack everything? Uh, I might be, mm. especially if it's a week-long event, uh, I might be packing all this up tomorrow. And you're unpacking, thinking about losing. And you do that week in, week out. You do it month in, month out, year in, year out. It, it's horrendous. It really is horrendous. And when these these players come around and they have a little bit of su- success and they hit the ground running, they don't know how lucky they are mm. because most of, most of the the sporting world is that to fight to to get to to where they are obviously risen somewhere along the line but those that have had to fight i'm going to bring michael van german into this Hmm. he had it really cushy didn't he from the age of uh when he was an embryo basically Hmm. to the age of about 17 18 then it all went wrong for him yeah and, and really those, spectacularly yeah. wrong as well. If you go and you go yes. and dig out some of Michael Van Gerwen's early appearances on TV, there are there are like seventy averages in there. They, you know, yeah. This yeah. is after he's won the World Masters. This is yeah. he he should be the wonderkind. He should be going on yes. and dominating this sport. And it fell yeah. apart. And yeah. you know there were plenty of people in darts at the time. I remember interviewing yeah. Mervyn King, um, and it was when Michael Van Gerwen was coming back up. And he was going, don't know what all the fuss is about this Michael Van Gerwen kid. There's this, there's other players around here that have done more than him and achieved more than him because they couldn't see yeah. it. And that's yeah. it's under, it was understandable yeah. at the time, though, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it, it was. And you look at what, what Michael's been through, the, the, the mental turmoil and anguish. And Vincent van der Voort, his, his best mate, will tell you, he, he basically bankrolled him for a while because otherwise Michael was going to pack up. Uh, mm. Because he couldn't handle getting beaten anymore. There was no money coming in. And these are all kind of uh, stories that, that people don't always know. But Dirk's, Dirk's kind of been the same. He's, he's, he's had it kind of mentally tough. Mentally yeah. tough. But he's toughed it out. He's toughed it out. And it's it's weird you mentioned his, his two semi-finals. I remember vividly his game with uh, Nathan Aspinall in, I'm going to say, Belgium, Dan, but I, I oh the Euro Tour, the first Euro Tour, yeah, yeah the Euro Tour. Yeah, uh, I think he beat me in the last sixteen or quarter final, and I remember thinking, and I was watching it. I remember thinking, is this the game? Is this the game that propels you to being the player that I think you maybe you can be? 
And all right, he hasn't really gone gone further than that. But he, he knows he's got it. He knows he's got a game inside of him. Yeah, well, look, let's put it this way. I mean, he, he threw some stats out there. He said, oh, I was playing a 94 average last year. It wasn't. It was a 93 average. Um, he's yeah. Liar. Sticking, he's a liar. Yeah, liar. But he's, he's stuck more <laughs> than a point on that so far this year. Yeah. And he's not had the greatest yeah. summer series or autumn series either. At the start of the year, he was absolutely great. But he's in the, still yeah. in the top 25 in the averages list. He's had yeah. eight ton-plus finishes in players' championships this year. We've only had 18 of them. In the whole of last year, wow. he only had seven wow. And of course, I haven't chucked in the two that he had in five games in that Belgian Euro Tour as well. So look, he's already yeah. at 10 tonne plus averages in yeah. 2020. Now that is a step yeah. forward. We, we've heard him talk. We've heard he he's, he's seems to be a lot more positive or a lot more focused. Technically, from your point of view, how yeah. do you assess his chances? Because it isn't the most, what's the word, aesthetically pleasing throw. No. But no. do you think it's a, a replicatable? Do you think it's safe? Do you think it's yeah. something that could take him somewhere? Yeah, do you know what? I, I think it's it's like uh, a lot of these quick throwers. He, he really is all about rhythm. If he gets his rhythm, uh, if he gets his timing right, it, it can look effortless for him. Uh, it's all relative, of course. It's not a beaten uh, mm. Kind of ease of of watching. It's not that silky smooth, but he just needs to keep his rhythm going. Sometimes I've I've watched him and he he looks there's there's like a like a quick step in there, and all of a sudden it's like wow that one was thrown extra quick and a mm. bit like Deswan can do. Mm. Uh, but I, look, I think as long as he keeps a rhythm going, he's he's got he's got I think he's got a good natural talent. I I really do. And like I said, I I just. Every time I think of him, I think back to that that game I saw against Nathan Aspinall, and it was just so impressive. I know it was only one game, yeah, but yeah. it's it's a, a standard. I know he can play, it and he knows as well. And I, I wish him all the best because I, I think he's got a lot more talent than a lot of people above him. He's world ranked seventy four at the moment. Mm. He's got to, he's got to be better than that. But I was going to say by the end of the year, but who knows what what events he, he'll be in by the end of the year. Well, we'll be seeing more of him. It looks like we'll be seeing him at the... Well, we are going to see him at the World Grand Prix. Uh, we'll see him at the European Championships as they stand, the Players' Championship Finals, which now won't be at Minehead. Don't know where they're going to be. Uh, but he is set to return to the World Championship and perhaps put things right, even if he doesn't want to put things right, just wants to forget about that absolute nightmare against Barney. We'll be talking Euro Tour in a second. I'm pranks and lovely, and I'm feeling good cool as a cucumber. I'm dedicated. I'm playing all right at the minute. I do everything by the book. I'm pranks and lovely. I'm missing the thing. Lovely. If you do everything right, you can't lose when you go up there. And then you start getting the old bum nip, don't you? Get up there and throw a lot of spanner. Rough as a radish, mate. I actually play a lot of pleb. And that's what plebs get, mate. You sit there and I'm going on. Right, the European tour is back. But before we get to that, I've got some big news, Wayne. You want to hear it? Well, are you ready to tell me now? Because twenty five minutes. I think I'm ready to tell you. I mean, I was some news. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was sort of hanging on just because in case it got announced and then it would dig me out of a hole. Because there is a chance that we talk about this and then what's supposed to be announced this evening isn't announced, and then I get us in massive trouble. But I'm just going to take a gamble. Uh, Also, nobody's listening to us, so never mind. Right, somebody's making a comeback. Do you know who it is? Someone's making a comeback. Is this guessable, by the way? It is guessable. 
think, think. Uh, can we can we play like uh, basically guess who? Right, how old is yep. he? Uh, he's a veteran. He's a veteran. Is he a northerner? Uh, not north of England, no. Oh. Uh, is he? Is he from Holland? He is from Holland, Wayne. He believes. Does he have? Does he have the initials RVB? He does have the initials RVB. You are being kidding Announced me. tonight. You and are kidding me. I am not. Do you know kidding. what? I've got. I've gone. I've gone goose. Goose pimply. What uh, have you though? As, as Michael would say. As Michael would say. Yeah. I have chicken skin. I have goose flesh. <laughs> chicken flesh. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's back. He is back. Now, I know, look, right. when I heard this, and I only heard it a couple of hours ago, um, my immediate thing was to go to the PDC and say, you know, the, the snooker, you've just been dishing out some tour cards for, for legends. Is that yeah. going to happen with Barney? And they went, no, no, that's not going to happen. So right. Raymond Van Barneveld, the five-time world champion, uh, one of the greats of the game, is going to have to go to Q School and win a card. Right. He is... Also, I would think, not going to be getting invites to Premier League and World Series events hither and yon. Maybe yeah. the odd World Series, you don't know. But I yeah. think he's going to have to prove himself. And knowing right. Barney, having sat next to him at airports and listened to him bemoan the fact that he even has to go to qualifiers to play in European Tour events. Yeah, yeah. I, where's He's going to have to really put a lot of hard work in. And I'm... I don't know. This is a big announcement. This, people are going to pay attention to this all over the place. But wow. I'm not I'm not sure how successful this is going to be. Look at some players who didn't get uh, cute, uh, tour cards at Q School. Christoph Ratajski didn't the first time. Yeah. He got it. And he's a better player than Barney was when he, Glenn, the last two Glenn, years when he left. Glenn Durant Jamie Hughes. didn't win a day. Yeah. Glenn Durant? The, well... Let me tell you, son, about Matty Dennant. Actually, I don't need to because Glenn Durant has told everybody 75 yeah. times about Matty Dennant. Whether you Dennant want to hear it or not. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But yeah. Yossa, Jamie Hughes, had to spend a year right. on the Challenge Tour because he didn't get a tour card. What if he didn't get a tour card? Could you see Raymond Van Barneveld going to Wigan for a Challenge Tour weekend and playing four events in a weekend? Could no. you? No. I'm, I I'm still see him turning around. up and playing a Players' Championship weekend. Why is, why is he coming back? Have you got any idea? I've got no idea. I'm hopefully speaking to Barney later on this evening. I will ask him. Um, I mean, I did speak to him a couple of weeks ago and he was teasing the idea of a comeback. But to be honest, I thought he was just doing that because that's what Raymond does. He was trying to sell some darts. He was, you know, that, you know just yeah. reminding everybody that he's Raymond Van Barneveld. And that's fine. He's an absolute legend. And he, he's undoubtedly got a game in him. I mean, he made the quarterfinals of Players' Championship finals last year. He yeah, made it, a final of a Pro Tour event. He made the final of a World Series event. His quality is not in... Yeah, but his quality is not in doubt. Yeah. No, his quality is not in doubt. His mental his mental hardness is is in question. It, it, he's he's never been a battler, is he? His stamina yeah, and his work ethic, because it's yeah, one thing yeah. turning up on the tour when you're 18 years old and going, right, I'm travelling to everything, I'm going to chase everything. It's what Peter Wright was telling us on the podcast, saying yeah. you've got to play. You've got to play everything. You've got to take every opportunity you can because you don't know which one will be the breakthrough. Now, Raymond Van Barneveld starting at zero pounds, zero pence and having to work his way I'm up a, the rankings. I'm he's amazed. He's going to have to play a lot. I, I just, I, I mean, I'm amazed, that's, dear. 
I'm not amazed that Raymond Van Bonneville wants to be on a big stage and playing again and getting the adulation of all his fans. I am no, amazed no. that he's that willing... the hard work it's going to take to get there. Yeah, uh, that's that's what surprises me. And I don't wow, know. Dad, I genuinely you... don't know what it's going to be like. It's going to be you know, interesting. I'm really speechless. I'm yeah. really speechless. It's going I to be didn't see it coming. I've, I was doing corporates with, with Raymond in, in January. Mm. And we we literally spent kind of seven days together, and and Michael, Vincent, uh, Barney, Gedwin, Price, Fallon, and Colin Lloyd. We we were kind of all in each other's pockets, mm. and not any moment did Raymond say that he kind of missed it. But mind you, that was kind of nine months ago. It's a long time. It's a long yeah. time. And maybe this this lockdown. Who knows? I don't. I'm just making up my own narratives here. Maybe he's thinking. Do you know what? I'm a bit bored. I need something. I need a challenge. But this takes me back to Raymond is not. Uh, it doesn't like competition that much. Mm. Uh, that's why I'm surprised he's he's coming back. Right? His yeah, I've got to get my head around that. He doesn't need to do anything. I mean, look, look, but look, I suppose <sighs> it's you know it's the old fighter who thinks they've got another fight left in him. Because I thought Darius yeah. Labanowskis had sparked him out for good. At the World Championship, yeah. but hey, yeah, look! I'm, I mean, look, it's exciting, it's interesting. I I'm just don't know how well it. it's yeah, I, I'm, it's fascinating. But I really don't know how well this is going to go. It could just be a fizzle. Do you know what I mean? It, yeah. A big bang. Yeah. Look at this, and then oh, I don't yeah. know. But you know what? Yeah, Raymond Van Barneveld has proved many people wrong before, and it could, it could be one of the I'm most. I'm going to phone him later. It could be a proper Rocky story. That's what he, his whole life he wants to compare to the Rocky films. This is it. This is like Rocky what twenty seven, where he's like, on, gone into an film. old folks' home and then just staggered out and going, "I'll take yeah. you all out again." That, that'd be yeah, it'd be amazing. <laughs> that yeah, a, yeah, but that was a bit more like that, they're that like Goonies. Shocking. That wasn't it. Um, anyway, Euro Tour. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. That it I is amazing. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, but Euro Tour. Euro Tour right. back. German Darts Championship in Hildesheim. It is the best tour in professional sport. Fact. <laughs> fact. There'll be fact. fans. It is a fact. Look, even, yeah, even I, the World Series right. finals, you know, that that was that was basically produced by the guys who do the Euro Tour because people are recognising that these are the yes. guys that know their stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. We can't make any picks because the draw's not made. But what I will do, I'll yeah. ask you for a couple of names. I'd like right. one seeded player and one unseeded player from you uh, to look for this right. weekend. And pr that, let's not go for the obvious ones because we're not going to do this as a competition. There's no there's no point. It's so, it's so difficult right. when you don't know the draw. But who should we be looking out for? Who's impressed you that you think could surprise a few people? If you are playing on the low six and PDC picks apps and you see their names come up, you think... Well, you know what? Maybe, maybe they want to look out for. Because I'll put one in. I'll say Daryl Gurney, because he keeps impressing uh, yes. me without going deep. Yeah. And he only lost yeah, to Peter Wright. Yeah, yeah. I was talking to his manager Matt Ward uh, over the, the weekend. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I just said he he's, he looks he looks to be somewhere near the Gurney of say sort of eighteen months ago. I, I think he's playing well. I agree mm. with you. I agree with you. Yeah, I tell you, who I'm liking more and more as a human being and as a dart player. Uh, Nathan Aspinall's going to win soon. 
Oh, look, I, I can't say enough good things about him. I think he's absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, he, he is. It's not an outsider. Amazing. I know that. No, yeah, no, but it's, but it's a great Hang- lad. Yeah, like, I mean, he's not right. It's not Van Gerwen. It's not Price. You've you've picked yeah. for my money the fourth best player in the world this year, Nathan Aspinall. <laughs> um, but there's nothing wrong with that. What about from the unseeded players? I mean, De- look, Devon's the obvious standout one because he's just playing incredibly. But is there anybody else who's sort of taken your eye? From- no, but no, it's just no. Devon. It's Devon all the way. No, just 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 Devon. Look, I. I've 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 spent a lot of time uh, kind of with him, talking to him, just everything. I so want him to succeed, and at the moment he's succeeding he without winning. He's succeeding yeah. without without winning events. But I, I, we've, again, we've been talking kind of last few days. He's just so ready, and even though when he got beat by by Price the other day, and and he cost me because I, I had money on him. Uh, he phoned me kind of basically immediately after and he said uh, I just want to pick your brains about a few things and I'm thinking you've he didn't win one more it. leg Devon that was the that's the advice yeah, you should have given him yeah 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 when you want 40 try and score 40 right that, that's all you need to do you absolute sap you cost me two and a half grand you moron you absolute moron right anyway he took it very well uh, yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. But he was just—he just wants to learn, and he just wants to. Right? Is this normal that I felt this way? Is this normal? And then the following day, he phoned me. He said, "I just felt a bit flat." He said, and then he hit a nine data. Yeah. Uh, look, I'm—I'm gonna—I'm gonna keep saying Devon Peterson until he wins. Yeah, I don't think you'll have to keep saying it long, to be honest. Uh, I, I, you know, he's the obvious one I'd pick out as well. If I was going to pick out anybody else, I, I am fascinated. I'm not, in, I'm not convinced at all, but I am fascinated by Max Hop at the minute, um, and have been for a while. Right. He's, right. he's so up and down, but when he yeah. looks good, he looks so good. His rhythm, when he's yeah. got his rhythm going, he just seems a, a, an absolute beast. I don't, it's, it's so weird. He does. He's one of those players that plays at different speeds as well. And I know rhythm and yeah. speed are different, aren't they? You can play it. They Peter are. Wright's shown that. Peter Wright has shown that yes. numerous times. Yes. Uh, I mean, I saw people yeah. at the weekend go, "Oh, Peter Wright's. You know, he's playing really quick. It's like he's been doing this for weeks now. He's doing it in the Premier League. Yeah. He sped up. He that was to hilarious. Talk to us on the Good Darts podcast, guys, about how he was looking to speed up his throw because he thought he made it straighter. You should uh, listen. It's really, really average. But, um, he, yeah, Max Hopp is a guy who plays at different speeds. But I, I saw yeah. him a bit in the Autumn Series, and he had one game where he ended up with 100 average. But, honestly, it was it was it looked like it was going to be 110s. And he's done this yeah. before in little flashes. I think he's got yeah. so much talent. He's so professional in how he approaches the game. I, I, yeah. I, just have lots of good things to say about him and I think it will click for him because he's still a young man but I don't yeah. know where he is at the moment and we'll see Euro Tour weekends anything could happen um, but you're yeah. saying Devon I'm going to say have a look at Max Hop because I'm interested yeah good stuff good him. stuff yeah I like uh, him then, I like him yeah. as well yeah, I mean, every, look, anybody who's met Max likes him the man's very, very impressive as, a, as an individual certainly more impressive he is than I have ever been at any stage of my life. Yeah, that's, that's Part, true. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. Whilst he's impressive in 
uh, many facets of, of his life, he cannot walk as well as you. No one thank can. Thank you. Thank you. And on that win, we are going to leave it. So if you want to win, you can have small stakes bets. You can bet against other punters. You can do all that on the Low Six and PDC Picks apps. However, if you are playing, you have to be resident in the UK. You have to be 18 years of age. Uh, terms and conditions apply. Please gamble responsibly. Should you fail to do so, John Henderson will sit on you and then you will know about it. Remember, if you or a friend have problems with gambling, please seek help straight away and visit begamblerware.org.